And this is another episode of SEO is Dead and Other Lives. Ryan, how you doing on this beautiful Saturday afternoon? <laughs> Pretty well, Paul. It is the summer solstice, I believe. Oh, is that today? 20. Yeah, it is summer and I I, it is glorious here and it is way too hot over by I think you. I saw like an article on a news website or something. It was like summer solstice, a sensual tradition. <laughs> I was like, what? Well, it, it is very central because typically if things were a little bit normal, not too normal because we were talking about Seattle, but in Fremont, there'd be plenty of people with pain all over their bodies. And then they'd have their boobs flying around if you're a lady, maybe some of your junk if you're a dude. They'd be so normal for Seattle. I like it's a little bit odd, but not too far off. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, there you go. <laughs> uh, so we got a great podcast today. We're going to actually give you some really useful points if you're not ranking well. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a corresponding blog post to go along with this as well, right, Ryan? Yeah, I'll, I'll link to it. Um, and like Paul said, we're pretty much be, going to be going over from a link building standpoint, content standpoint, on-page standpoint, why your SEO may not be working if you're really proactive with it and you're dedicating time to it and you're getting frustrated and you're like, I think I'm doing everything right. I don't know what the problem is. We're going to go over 20 reasons today. No, 10. <laughs> no, 20. I'm confused, Paul, because I have ten for link building and ten for content. Oh, okay. We're oh, we're doing we're doing we're doing ten on ten. It is me twenty. Twenty combined reasons of link building and content of, of why your website might not be ranking well in twenty twenty. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. We wanted to go over it, not like too quickly, but definitely not super in depth. We're going to refer to resources, I think, to elaborate on each point. But but let's get right to it. How about that, Paul? Let's do it. All right, let's dive right on in there. So I guess we're going to start on the link building side. So we're going to start with the first 10, which are all related to why your link building within SEO may not be working. Oh, man, this is a one that's near and dear to my heart because I've built plenty of links in the past that didn't work at all. So let's <laughs> go over it. Go for it. All right. So number one, links from low authority websites. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's probably one of the more important ones. <laughs> <laughs> links are, they're crap. You have yep. real crappy links. Um, I mean, I think some of the ones that we've talked about before that are really, really crappy are like, you know, blog comment spam, which I don't even know if it works. I think we're on the fence sometimes, depending on how competitive the term is that, that it might work for. Like you might be able to rank something that's like not competitive at all, like a tiny bit because of it, but not much else from it. Yeah. But why don't we like delve into like, you know, what makes, uh, what makes a website kind of low authority? Sure. Didn't never uh, spent the time building authority itself. <laughs> That's kind of like the the whole thing is, uh, you know, authority is built from the links that they receive from other websites that are authorita- authoritative and they were authoritative and they kind of pass it along every which way. And so if you engage in a link building you know, campaign and you're kind of vetting the list of websites that you're trying to obtain links from, it's important to do some sort of research to see if they will pass authority because it's important to know if they themselves have acquired authority. <laughs> Yeah, so let's say I get a request to have a link from a guy down the street that lives on my block, and he has a really crappy blog. How would I know if that was authoritative or not? Are you asking me? <laughs> yeah, uh, what would you check? I guess you know, you know, what, what are you, 
what are your yeah. what's your process of course yeah um, I, I know that we've discussed tools over and over again, but you know we still have go-to's and everyone has their own preferences, but you can use uh, the Moz tool for their citation flow and trust flow. Sorry, that's domain authority and page authority. See, this is what I'm talking about. Majestic has the citation flow and trust flow, which is one of the ones I prefer. And then mm -hmm. even SEMrush has a quick one just is called simply authority score. And I don't know how accurate that one is, but it's not the worst. It's just you know, kind of a quick it's reference. So it's kind of an aggregate of a lot of things that you're looking at. Um, I mean, I don't think there's a, a set domain authority. I mean, in the world of buying links, they're going to sell you links on the domain authority, right? So a higher, a higher DA is always going to be more expensive or more valuable than like a lower DA. But that doesn't always make that uh, a low authority website because um, you have to look at like, oh, it's, you know, the, the authority of like that individual page. Um, Ryan mentioned something called citation flow and trust flow, which is a, a metric that's specific to like uh, uh, Majestic. And it looks at, I mean, just the, the trust of the links going to like that website and then the trust of like the citations out there as well. Well, they're kind of all at the end of the day, sort of like arbitrary metrics just to make things rel relative to one another. So you can oh, kind of like okay. have a, 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 right. just have an understanding of like where you fit into like the whole scheme of authority. Yeah. Okay. So the citation flow is how influential. So it probably takes into account some other things like virality of the websites too. Like, so it must look at something like maybe a, like a social metrics, like social shares for like those sites and pages on those sites. Um, and then trust flow is like just the trustworthiness. So I'm assuming it's going on something like domain authority of like those links out there. It, it is. I think once you start to look at trust flow, I, I'm almost certain that trust flow and specifically this is the majestic metric or the metrics used. The trust flow tends to consider the refer the, the number of referring domains in addition to the links. That's where yeah. it kind of starts to separate okay. the two. Well, that makes sense. So you, you really kind of want like a one-to-one -one ratio for those, right? Oh, I mean, as many referring domains as possible. I mean, there's a whole thing of, you know, would you rather have a thousand links from one website or a thousand links from a hundred websites? More than likely without looking at anything else, you typically opt for the more, more referring domains before you start getting other information. Yeah. All right. So those are a couple of things that you can look at to see. But one thing to keep in mind too is like, does it make sense? Like, are they talking about the same thing that your website's about? Um, or, you know, if you're like on the local side, like, is it a local actual local website that like would make sense for you to be on there. Um, so even though, you know, domain authority, trust flow, citation flow aren't the end of the world, you know, they are important metrics to like look at. And if you just have a bunch of crap that might be in your, in a competitive space, you're trying to rank for, um, that might be one of the reasons why you're not ranking very well at all. So you might want to get some better links. Cool. So we're doing a great job kind of skimming over the topics. <laughs> we really did a deep dive on the first one already, but you know, it's yeah. all good information. So we have nine more to go for links. So why don't we just move right into it? Uh, the second one, links from websites that have authority. I actually said without authority here, but it was with authority, but the page is buried. So there, there is a situation where you could have a link that's on a very authoritative website, which is fantastic. You know, you look at the trust flow, citation flow, whatever metrics, and you're like, wow, this is great. It's like a, a DA of Amazing. 60 like a hundred, a thousand, but you're on like the tier eight page. You're just buried. It just takes forever for crawlers to get to that page, to actually see your link to, to actually yeah. crawl a better website. That is or, one of the 
you had a really good link on there and they like archived the page or the mm -hmm. blog, you know, like they did something where they went off like the main part of the blog page and now it doesn't pass like authority like anymore. Right. Yeah. So that, can, so, that can happen too. So yeah, if you're in a situation where you're obtaining a link and then they, whoever, you know, the website or webmaster sends you the link and it's like, here you go. And it's like on the subdirectory, you know, tier 10, I can Crap. say it's not going to really work out too well. So if you can ever control those kinds of situations, if you come across them, I would definitely advise you to see if you can get to a higher tier because it has to do with crawling has to do with actually that yeah. just ask them to put a link to your site in the uh, footer <laughs> <laughs> the footer and then they have a 1 million uh, page website and you just get a million links overnight yeah th there you go um yeah you know or just the header in the regular nav just something like that or maybe just send all their leads to you or something like that you know just you, know, you gotta ask you, know, you can't win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket right um but yeah probably don't ever want to ask anyone that uh, I mean, that was a good point you said too, because yeah, you could end up on the homepage. Let's say it's like a blog feed and then they post it and you have the link and you're on the homepage. Then it, you know, there's more posts and you get pushed to second page, third page, fourth page. The value is just going to kind of diminish a little bit over time to just more that the page with your link kind of gets pushed back. Yeah. All right. You want to talk about, let's talk about number three. Yeah. Yeah. Open it up for us. Yeah. Okay. The link was no follow, no index Straight up. or no index. Um, and if you're Google right now, everything is supposed to be no fall. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Look, just F you, Google. It's not going to happen. Sorry, dudes. You created this monster. Don't be mad when it, like, you know, attacks you. What are some reasons? I was kind of thinking about this when I, when I was writing this. Why exactly would someone want to know index no follow a link that they're giving to you? I mean, you could be worried about, like, the quality of the link juice, all right, your SEO juice and how it is disseminated across even your own site, right? Um, but if you have a bunch of links going out to like other websites, like maybe your directory or something, you know, you could really kind of diminish how your own website would perform and how internal pages would link uh, if you're just passing a bunch of juice off like that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one of the, the reasons that I would think of why I wouldn't necessarily want to like have all my links to be followed or indexed or maybe just like, it's a link that's pointing to something that's like internal that you have to like um, sign up through. Like, you know, like if you're taking online classes and there's like a portal to do that and they link to it, like you don't really need that to be like indexed by Google at all. So there's like no point, you know, there, there's all kinds of things like that. Um, that like, you really don't need it to be in like Google for any reason, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. Especially when you're, you're passing along the juice to other resources and kind of using the, especially anchor text. So, I don't know. We always, I always defer to lawyers and let's say I have a page I'm trying to rank for like a certain keyword. If I'm, if I'm going to external link using like the same keyword, I'm trying to rank the page for to another place. I'm kind of in some ways telling search engines like, Oh, I'm not really technically the authority here. They are the authority over, over there. You should be checking out that website instead. So in that situation, I probably would want to know an X no follow. But if you're like a real large website, um, you might want to check and just make sure that like, you're not, you're not doing this to yourself. It might be one of those, those reasons, you know, you got to protect your juice, you know, it's all about the juice. We've been saying protect it for years, the juice. So number four, yeah. Let's see. You want to talk a little bit more about number three. I think we covered everything on that. Three, three is pretty straightforward. Yeah. Okay. Link is on a massive OBL website. Mm -hmm. All right. You want to talk a little bit about this? Maybe explain to him what OBL is. Sure. This might be a term that's new to him. Sure. And it definitely links up with the link juice we've been talking about. Sure. <laughs> so OBL are uh, outbound links. So if you 
have a website and you're linking and you're highly authoritative and you only link to one other website, like Google's gonna be like, wow, that website probably matters a lot because this person never links out anywhere. They're hyper authoritative, but for some reason they've only referred one other website. That website probably is authoritative in its own way for some reason. The more OBL you do, the more you kind of like, you know, dilute that kind of logic. And then, you know, all of a sudden, once you have thousands and thousands of links, the value of those links that you're kind of providing kind of diminishes. So it's like the best way to, I think, to picture this is like um, yellowpages.com, right? That's a website still, I think. Um, you know, there's like, a, it's a directory of like businesses. Uh, there's, it's very authoritative. It's probably like a DA in the eighties right. uh, without looking at it right now. I, I can imagine. Um, but there's a million links on it from like a lot of other websites have it. So the authority that you're going to get from that link is, is highly diminished. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, then what, you know, since they're linking to like literally millions and millions of other websites. Yeah, exactly. And, and the reason I think that this logic totally makes sense is exactly what you're saying. You, you know, if you have a website and you're getting links from like all your business directories and citations, plenty of them are going to be like DA80, like 8080. And you're like, well, if I'm getting all these links from like all these obvious, obviously authoritative places, why is my own authority? Like, why is my DA10? Yeah. And it's just because it's like, hey, listen, everyone has those same links. They link out to millions of people it's just not really passing the authority that you need. You need to begin links from places where the OBL isn't in the millions. It needs to be a little bit more niche or a little bit more, you know, white glove, <laughs> if you will, when it comes to yeah. the links that you're getting. Yeah. So, you know, it's all about protecting that juice. Going back to the juice. In the right direction. <laughs> cool. Um, all right. Link was added to start and remove. was added and then removed later. And this hasn't been edited for. Or the website <laughs> plus page no longer exists. This is what happens when my editor you'd hasn't touched be, it. You'd be surprised how often uh, you get a link and then it th- it's just not there anymore, right? It's like 404ing, which is why you should regularly audit your backlink profiles and look for these opportunities. And it gives you an opportunity to look at your competitors' backlink profiles. And sometimes there's broken links and you can reach out to that site and figure out where like the new link should go or whatever. And then you can get, get those links. Um, so broken link building is, is definitely a tactic. It's a difficult tactic, um, to do you really like, you're going to spend a lot of time trying to find broken links and then a lot of time reaching out to like websites. Um, so you're probably not going to get a ton of them, but you know, it's definitely like something you can do to probably get some unique links out there. Uh, but yeah, that's, this is the thing. I mean, there's all kinds of tools that you can use. that will tell you links that, um, that you've lost since, you know, whatever amount of period of time has gone by. Um, I use uh, SEMrush. Uh, it's a pretty good tool and tells you that. Mm-hmm. Ahrefs does it too. So, you know, just check those out. But something that you always want to be aware of is if your links are coming or, or going. Yeah, they definitely do historic data to show you what you've gained, what you've lost, and really what the difference is. And if you're looking at it, you, you'd be surprised like how often you're kind of like seeing your backlink portfolio and referring domains and you just kind of see like it going up and then you're going down and you're like, what the hell is happening? It's just, you're, you're constantly losing links for different reasons. And th- there's probably, we could go on this for, for a bit, but I don't want to because we have other p- points, but if you're, if you're working with <laughs> like, like, I don't want to, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to, but I'll, but I'll give a couple of reasons. I mean, if you're taking more like a, a paid route or kind of like forcing your links, you're going to be dealing with like blogs and like consultants and people doing links where, you know, maybe it is on like a niche blog or a website where they do have low OBL, but like your link has been there for a year. 
they're selling more links, they're making room for it, they want to keep their OBL down, and they're just like, oh, what the hell? I'll <laughs> remove like these 10 people and add these 10 people because I want yeah. to maintain like a low OBL. It's you don't even know unless you keep track. Yeah, that's what's, uh, just got to keep track of it. That's what happens out there. It's, you you got to look at these things. You, you got you to gotta pay attention to them. To Otherwise, it's going to, you know, it can be out of control. Yeah, you have to have pride in your links and you get these alerts. I mean, think about this too. You, you could um, have done a, a blog or you could have been you know, sponsored an event or done something, something like where someone didn't even remove your link on purpose. And for some reason, someone like deleted it. And then you get an alert that says you lost a link here, here, and you could reach back, back out and be like, hey, I, I don't know if there's any particular reason why you removed my link, but is it possible you can put it back on? And they'll be like, oh, we're sorry, of course. Like those are the things that you have to be mindful for because link building is super important. It's a different strategy for me. Cause like I have like, like a giant website uh, <laughs> that I have to deal with. But if, if you're like a smaller website, right? Like maybe you're in just a city or something like that. Um, or you're not doing like national SEO. This can be like, it can make a big, big difference. Uh, like in your rankings, it can be huge. So, all right. You want to, let's talk about, um, let's talk about number six. <clears throat> Number six, if you're reading along, which you can't be because we're reading it from something that's been published yet, the yep. link isn't directed, it's not directed at the right page. So there's going to be instances, a lot of times, you know, a link, no matter how you get it, it's going to go to the home page. Sometimes if they're referencing maybe a good piece of content that you published, it'll go to like the blog. But there's sometimes people are going to like just link to things that don't matter to you, <laughs> to you as much. Yeah. Like, you should <laughs> check out their website and it links to your contact page. You're like, oh, great. My contact page is authoritative. Who, who I'm so cares? happy. I can't wait to rank for contact us. You know, <laughs> exactly. definitely what I want. Yeah. Cause, and then especially since a lot of times we don't even include that in the same map and sometimes it's not yeah. even the next page. I'll, I'll tell you what happens more often um, in, in this instance is um, – they don't link to like the internal page you want. They, they just link to your homepage and you're like, well, man, I was really, I was trying to rank this. The whole point of this thing was me trying to rank this page. Uh-huh. Um, so then you have to contact them and ask them if they'll do it. And sometimes they, they won't, sometimes they have weird rules or they just don't respond to get back to you. Um, you know, so I always try and just be upfront at the very beginning of like where I want this to link to, you know, like I think like uh, you don't want to leave things up to surprise. You also don't want to like piss people off so they don't like put up the content or give the link at all. But you yeah. also want to make sure like they know where it's going. So just good communication on that. But sure. it, this happens pretty regularly. And then I, I think there's some instances where like they might enter a protocol that's not even like one that you use. Uh, they might like assume it's HTTPS and you might not have that. Um, you might do www, might not even have the www, nor do you redirect it properly. So oh, yeah. the value might like not even pass along correctly. It might just go to something that technically breaks. Yeah, you I didn't even think about like that. 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 That's definitely a thing that like can regularly happen is like they just put the wrong link that doesn't work. <laughs> like, a, like a weird version of your site. Yeah, they just assume, assume that's just like what it is and it's just not the right um, format or sorry, protocol, you know, that your, their website has. See, Paul, you still learn a couple of things from me here and there, even though go. I learn more about, uh, you know, from you and your Google stacks. Uh, there is um, one, one last thing I want to mention here about the right page. And I think it's funny. A lot of, I, I guess I'd say more amateur SEOs and people that aren't um, experienced webmasters will do is they'll, uh, especially WordPress. So, you know, with WordPress permalinks 
And a lot of people won't even set it to like post name. It'll just be like the P equals question mark 84 kind of crap, or they'll just use weird URLs. And then they start learning SEO and they're like, oh, I have to change all my URL structures. I don't think people understand that if you change the URL structure, you're creating literally like an entirely new page or website and your old one is gone. It's like you're, you're telling search engines that that page doesn't exist anymore unless you do a 301. So if you're ever going to change your URL, or you're going to consolidate, you're going to change any of that, always be sure you kind of check those pages and see if they've ever gotten links. Because if you they did, you're going to want to redirect it to the appropriate page to pass along the authority of the links that you got. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's good. That's a good call. That's a good point. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. All right. Number seven. Uh, this one is probably probably the most consistently going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. And that's the link has anchor text of less value or over-optimized. It's going to generally be of less value um, than what you need. Um, If it's over-optimized, it's because like you're building a bunch of links manually. That's like, you know, like uh, you have control over them and you're just, you just don't know what you're doing. Uh, (laughs) Simply put. Sorry. Um, But in this, uh, you know, like a lot of times like people aren't going to like give you the anchor text that you want unless you like can put it in the article yourself that you're going to give to them or you have control over it. Um, you know, like a lot of times um, this will be in like the author profile, right? They give you the ability to like kind of link out to whatever you want anchor text wise and that, but you know, ideally you get it within an article and it like kind of looks natural that, you know, how they're linking to you. Uh, with with some anchor text in there that like makes sense, you know. So like if you sell whatever widget, it's like, uh, you know, online widget sales or whatever is like the anchor text linking back to your site. <laughs> um, but um, kind of how like Ryan says, like if you go overboard on the anchor text, so if there's like fifty links pointing to the same page and forty nine of them have the same anchor text, you know, the possibility of that happening on its own naturally is like zero, and so mm-hmm. Google's pretty good at knowing that like almost immediately so i don't know if you get a penalty anymore i think it, it just like doesn't rank like it just wouldn't rank it so that, so that, that could be one of the things i i can speak from like experiences happened several times and i hate to say it but it still happens is that you you don't necessarily get penalized but you definitely like hit a wall with your rankings um right now i have a, I have a client that got like an edu link through you know their scholarships you know we've talked about that in the past and the anchor text that they chose was like a money keyword but for some reason like the, the way that this edu is set up is it created like thousands and thousands of the same page with the same anchor text and, and essentially like 99 percent of the anchor text out of like 2,000 links is this keyword and they've been stuck on the top of the second page no matter what for like months and it's just like Google's way of being like, it's over-optimized and we're always going to like put it like a wall. It's always going to like sink it down. I just think it's the most transparent form of like penalty. That's not like overtly claimed to be a penalty. Yeah. What, what's good about it too is like you generally know because you can look up the anchor text. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. And I'm like, so you're not ranking. <laughs> yeah. You, I was like, yeah, change it. I mean, the, the difference between you and the 10 people in front of you is that everyone has like a balanced like like anchor text portfolio. They use the anchor tech, they use their money keyword like 10%, 15% tops. Most of the time it's URL or brand. That's about it. Dude, uh, I want to talk about number eight though. Cause it's like, oh, yeah. I, I like it. I, I've met a lot of people that like don't have a solution for it. Cause like maybe they just don't know 
about indexers or some other tool, like other tricks out there. Uh, but number eight is the content with the link was never indexed, never got indexed. So this happens a lot with citations uh, if you're doing local SEO, but it also happens from time to time when you're doing just regular SEO and trying to get stuff, trying to get that link juice passed off. But if it's not indexed, it's not going to pass it. So um, you always want to check those um, just periodically uh, just to make sure that like the sites that you're spending time to get links on is indexed. But if it's not, I got a couple of solutions for you. Um, I'm sure Brian's it. done it too. Um, <laughs> let's say you have a website that you can control that has search console connected to it. Well, you can put those links on one of those pages and then you can fetch it and Google will fetch it and crawl that link. And then it'll find the website and, and index it. Classic. And then you'll, you'll have it. Right. So that's a really easy way to do it. Or you could purchase like a link indexer. I wouldn't suggest doing that unless you like are building a bunch of links and you have a need to pay like a monthly subscription. They're not super expensive though. Um, but you know, it's, then you just kind of pop them in there and then it indexes it through the magic of whatever it does. I don't even know really know how they do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just know, I just know that they work. Um, or you can add something to like, uh, like Google, my business gives you like your own Google site, like for free and anything on there, like indexes, like almost immediately. So you could throw it in there too, right? So you, you got options. Yeah, just always make sure like those are, are getting indexed. Otherwise, you know, you, you completely wasted your time. And then you can use other Google assets. I know that you're tinkering. I'm not saying you're going head first necessarily, but you're tinkering around with using other Google assets such as Google Docs and Google Sheets and Google Slides and whatnot. Yeah, you know, Google has no problem if you use all those assets to link to your site. So uh, I'll cover this next one. Of course, this this will probably sound <laughs> a little bit more obvious, but link is potentially deemed spam or toxic. <laughs> That's not going to have too much value, is it? So no. I think, were we talking to someone or you, you sent me a link, the best way to describe what the spam links or people that are worried about links being spammed, the best way that someone put it was that, so basically, we're going to go into the last one, I guess, a spoiler alert has to do with like buying links and packages and whatnot. But people often ask like, well, if I, if I buy like this package of these links and they're spam or, or toxic, will it hurt my rankings? And then the response was, if I could do negative SEO with these links, I would send these packages to all my competition and destroy everybody. <laughs> yeah. Meaning that no. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly... Like it's the, it's sort of crazy what people think um, out there. Now I think you could uh, screw up local rankings if you just build a bunch of links with the wrong like nap info. Mm. I think that would probably work, but I don't think that like you can really do like negative SEO like that anymore. I think the point of mentioning this isn't a negative aspect. We're just talking about why, why aren't things working if they're deemed spam or toxic. Um, it doesn't mean that they might be negative, but there's almost no possibility of it having value though. Yeah. And like there are tools you can use to, to, to see if something's like considered like a toxic link, uh, like, like a website. I'm not really sure even what they base all that stuff on, but I mean, you can kind of go to those websites and tell too, like, look at how they, look at, look at how they're built, look what they do. <laughs> I mean, a lot of times it's like, you know, like they have real, um, spammy, almost illegal practices of like marketing stuff. You know, they're trying to like steal people's information or like every, every, anywhere that you click is like a hidden link that links, you know, that like opens up <laughs> another browser or some yeah. stuff like that. You know, there's a ton of stuff like that out there. Um, and you can, if you have toxic links, you can get them. I wouldn't detox, but 
let's do something that Google gives you. But I don't know how effective that really is. And Google kind of makes it hard for you to even find it at this point. Um, it used to be linked from Search Console, but I don't think it's in there anymore. So you, I do I like you just Google have to search. I do like disavow tool search. Yeah, Google Search Console. I I wouldn't say you need to necessarily remove them if you're not ranking, but if these are your only links, um, this is part of why you're probably not ranking. Yeah, exactly. So if it's a situation where you're working with an you know SEO agency, you're working with a consultant, anyone that's saying they're building new links, and you do a backlink analysis, and you're just seeing that it's it's low value or that's toxic. Garbage. You're, you're just like, that's why it's not working because like, there's just not good links. So you should be aware of that. The last that one. 10? Yeah. Yeah. The 10 is, is uh, also very straightforward. It's like buy, the easier the links are to get and just straight up like buying, like I'm just buying links, the more likely it is to just not work or have a guarantee. <laughs> that's pretty much uh, as straightforward as it gets. Okay. So you want to, do you want to move on to uh, our other section? Before we go there, I just want to say, I guess, maybe just a couple of details from this is that hmm. um, really recently, you know, I've kind of like haphazardly like bought links for different projects over, the, you know, over the years. And just like, that looks good. That has a bunch of, you know, a bunch of reviews, never Fiverr. If you're buying links on Fiverr, you're crazy. But, you know, like legit or conquer, maybe some Black Hat World Warrior forms in here as well. And like, I never really, you know, you see like the graphs that shows like, oh, they used to be ranked 14. Now they're two and like this. And then everything looks good. It's flashy. It has a bunch of good testimonials and reviews. And I never really like follow it too closely because a lot of times I'm like doing other link building at the same time. So I never yeah. like pinpoint. It's just, I like finally just gave in and dropped like, I don't think like $700 to test out some <laughs> and, and literally have followed them very closely and like 50% of them actually worked. So 50% worked half one out of two actually had an impact. So it's just, sometimes they're just not going to do anything. <laughs> I just don't know yeah. what else to say. They just won't do anything. Yeah. Well, maybe they're just like spammed out, you know? Yeah. That's uh, one way to tie that up. I think that the next 10 will be a little bit more brief, but they'll also, they'll definitely have you thinking about what you're doing. Definitely useful. Definitely useful. Cool. All right. So let's dive in to the content side of things. Mm -hmm. And the first is posting content that doesn't have search volume. So, you know, uh, this happens pretty regular to me in my current job. Uh, they're like, Oh, you know, we haven't had a lot of like, uh, visits from Google to this blog post. And it's like, well, it's not really written about anything. People are gonna like look up, right. It doesn't yeah. it need to, it's not going to rank for anything. You know, like there wasn't any keyword research done to begin with. So that's what you should probably expect from it, right? So if you haven't done any keyword research, if you haven't optimized an article for it, um, if it's just about like, hey, these top five iPhone cases for Mother's Day, and no, Father's it Day. doesn't even really talk about that. Yeah, it's probably not going to rank pretty well. So, you know, just things to kind of keep in mind. Yeah, it, it sometimes it's tricky. I don't know, especially with what I write, because sometimes I just write things that I enjoy writing about, and I'm like, I don't know if it's gonna get traffic. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> it might be great for the user experience if someone's already on the website. They might be like, hey, that is interesting, but you know, that might be just good for user experience and keeping people on the website longer. It might not like result in traffic, and then definitely might not result in you know like a sale or a client or or someone subscribing. You know, just have to be like kind of mindful that maybe you should use some tools or do a little bit more research on trends before yeah. you're like, I'm writing just for volume or traffic. But also on the flip side, sometimes um, stuff that actually does convert really well 
might not have any search volume at all. Um, like I'm working with a, a friend of mine, his site, you know, he, he talks about certain types of certificates for like being a pilot. So like aeronautics certificates and stuff like tailwheel and, and like, there's no search volume for those things. There's not a lot of people looking for it, but like the small amount of people that are looking for it, like they, they'll probably click on your site. Cause you can probably rank number one for those terms just because like it's a very low competition. So it doesn't necessarily like, that's not necessarily like a bad thing if there's not like a, a ton of volume for, um, for some terms, but like, don't expect to have a lot of volume if Google doesn't tell you it has like zero volume, you know, like that in leather working. And um, so I guess the one thing we could say about that before this, this uh, first point doesn't really resonate whatsoever is that if you're, if you're talking about something that's pretty niche, just don't like over niche it if it's not necessary. So if you're talking about like aeronautics, you're talking about leather working, you don't have to be like, what are the top 10 best like deer skin leather working purses designs that you can make? You're it's not like, going to get, whoa, 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 whoa. Like <laughs> you're not going to get anything like, yeah, you don't have to do that specific. Um, I would even just say like, I'm not sure you even need to have like additional content, you know, like you can, you, you're going to rank. So don't waste your time. So next, next point here, not observing basic on page optimization. I don't want to go into a whole thing about it, but it's just is one of the basic things about making content get its visibility, get some traction online. Uh, we definitely have podcasts dedicated to on-page optimization. If anyone wants to a refresher or to learn more about it, but you know, simply no, no internal external links, no keyword density, no H tags, just not really observing anything that needs to be done because frankly you do, <laughs> you want to, yeah. you want to have a visibility meta information. I mean, I mean, you just have to do it. Most like CMSs will have, you know, like if you, if you have like Yoast installed, um, there's a lot of other things, uh, that'll just like add it to it if you forget, you know, so it's better to have it in there, even if it's just like generic, right. Then have like nothing at all. So, uh, there's really no reason to not, to not do this. Um, it's like, you're not going to rank. It's like, it's like SEO one oh one. It's like something that you, you would assign like the intern to do, right? Definitely the intern. Let's jump on over to number three then. Cause I think we covered, unless you want to cover some specifics about, yeah on page, which I think we've talked about a lot. I think there's some previous I think that podcasts. we have a, a, yeah, beginner's guide to on page will go go over it for at least 30, 40 minutes straight. Yeah, yeah, definitely hit up that podcast if you have no idea how to do on page. Like it, you'll hopefully you'll know how to do it afterwards. I don't know how how like good we are at teaching people. <laughs> but <laughs> evidently not too bad though. Um we have a yeah. couple emails that said that we've changed their lives. So we got an email I, one time from someone or they were like I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of them suck, but you guys don't suck. <laughs> and that's the reason why I oh, guess we keep it. didn't say it. we were good. He, he just said that we didn't suck, which is nice. Uh, that's, I'll take it. Like, well, that's a win. You well, know? Let's put it this way. If someone said, I listen to a lot of good podcasts that are good and yours sucks, I don't know how much more at podcasting I'd like to do about SEO. Yeah, you know, I would just get downhearted. All right, so we can just go ahead and move on now to number three, mm-hmm. which is pretty, it can be a little subjective depending on the, the niche that you're in, but that's not meeting the appropriate word count for the competitiveness of like that term Mm -hmm. or refreshing existing pages appropriately. So maybe you have some pages that ranked in the past and they've dropped, but like the amount of word count compared to your competitors is like really low. And it it wasn't always that way, but it is that way now. So you might want to look at like refreshing these things with the appropriate level of word count. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when I started doing SEO and you might be in the same boat, but like, SEO experts I worked with 
you know, almost 10 years ago were like, write your blog should be about 350, 400 words. A couple of years later, 500, 600, 800. Now, now we're writing blogs that might be a, a thousand. I write some of my blogs are 1500 to 2000 words. And it's just, it's kind of like the standard and it goes along with eat standards, which is a whole different topic. But, and then the refreshing is just like, if you're stating things factually and they get updated and you're just, you know, posting outdated information, that's bad. If you're linking to resources that have moved or don't exist anymore and you're, you're external linking to broken links or four four, that's bad. So that's the refreshing part too. We definitely believe, well, at least I do. I think that you do too though, but um, refreshing yeah. content is, is pretty important to kind of maintain your authoritativeness there. I've definitely seen it go up um, for certain areas and certain types of content. You know, I think it's like, I, I don't think it's going to go up anymore. <laughs> Maybe, but I've definitely seen like, just the authoritativeness of the article based on like the word count is, has super increased in, in the 10 years of doing SEO. Yes, it has. Cool. Yeah. So for a blog post that you actually care about ranking, I would say like no less than 800 words now. Would you say that's like accurate? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, there's a train of thought where it's just like, well, I'm talking about something specific. I can't write 800 words. It's like, you know, that that's fine, but Mind I think stuff into it. Well, you got to combine some stuff into it. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. sure. I mean, I think that it's at a point where content's like, don't ever write where you're like, I hit the 800 word threshold, I'm good. It's just like, write until your entire thought and everything you want to talk about is is like out out there. It's done and you covered it. That's really, I think, the best way to, to look at it. All right, so let's move on down to number four, which is a good, I think you really want to talk about this one. I, we were talking I, about this I one before. <laughs> I think out of anything that's, that's yeah. like really... Um, I don't know, timely for me, near and dear to my heart in like the worst of ways <laughs> is just like when you write pages and you're just publishing it and you're not even thinking about where it's going on your website. And uh, this really like pertains a lot to, to WordPress, but I'm sure this happens with most CMSs is that when you write a post or a blog, you know that's going to your blog feed. You know that it's going to kind of go into the feed or wherever you designate on your website to be the blog. Like you don't have to worry about it. I think that people don't give as much consideration as they should about pages because you publish a page. It's like, Nope, that's not just going to go into a feed. That's not just going to like land exactly where you want and spit into your architecture. Like you have to proactively decide where it fits into your website navigation. So like whether it's a sub page of something else, you're going to have to proactively link to it. Is it going to be part of a menu or like a dropdown? You're going to have to like physically add it. I just don't think that people use their pages appropriately and know exactly where it should be, you know, fit into the scheme of your website. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with that. And a lot, like, a lot of times you can add stuff that like, maybe you don't care about ranking organically, but like, it'll drive a lot of traffic um, through like clicks, because like, maybe it's like about your business, right? Like, maybe your hours have changed. Maybe you posted some crap about COVID um, that let like everyone know, and then you post it on your blog. And now you have a bunch of like direct clicks from like your homepage into your blog. Uh, and like your, your blog traffic is all skewed now. You have no idea if it's like accurate, right? <laughs> so, and then, so like, you know, you, you just want to check and make sure you're putting stuff like in the right place. You're categorizing it correctly. You know, I always like to, to make sure my site architecture is if I take off of one of the backslashes, right? It's like, there's a page for that and it makes sense. And it's like leading you to like whatever the previous page was. Right. Oh, exactly. Uh, that's, so a, like, that's a great point too, for site architecture. Like how often do people just do it from vanity standpoint, especially geographically? Yeah. <laughs> just I, like 
Florida forward slash Central Florida, and it's like, okay, is there a Central Florida page? No, I just like like the architecture. It's like, well, what the hell? How is it going to get crawled? How are you going to find it? That's yeah, insane. I absolutely hate that. Um, so just keep that in mind. It's it's really, you know, it's a pain in the butt to set up initially, but like it's easy once you set it up, and it, like it'll help your your site rank, get indexed, all this stuff get crawled. You know, site architecture is very very important in SEO, so we can't overstate that. That's why we talk about it all the time. Cool. We've done several on it, I think. All right, so we can go into core web vital starting to have an impact. Uh, I'm going to let Ryan take this one because he believes that it's already started. Oh, the yeah, impact has already. begun. I just, yeah, I mean, I definitely think so. I think that Google said it's going to roll out in 2021, but it's just like you already, if anyone is, that's been doing SEO that's listening to this is a little bit more proactive with like Google site speed insights and some other things about like how their website's performing. You've seen like the huge changes because of core web vitals. You've seen that like that good numbers before are crap numbers. Now a website that might've been like the arbitrary 80 out of hundred or 30 out of hundred now. And you also see actually additional language that says that your website has failed or passed like the core web vitals analysis. So like, you're going to tell me that, this impact is not going to be until next year. I'm like pretty damn sure that it's happening now. So core web vitals, the whole criteria has changed. It's using much more complicated terminology. Paul, we're eventually going to do a podcast about this specifically, but for now, I think that efforts have to be made to update your website as a whole to pass these, these new requirements for core web vitals. Cause I do think that it has an impact on rankings now. I don't know yet. I know you don't have to agree with me. It's been a lot of movement. <laughs> to be true. Yeah. I mean, the websites that, that have uh, passed this new criteria, for the most part, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't have solid data yet, I'll be honest. But for the most part, it seems to be trending in the better direction than those that, that don't. And I think it might just, it's just good to like, you know, have a website that users like to use. <laughs> um, and there's it just makes that. sense from a conversion standpoint, you know. All right. Number six. Inadvertently cannibalizing your own content. So number six for the content uh, section of this. So slash, slash on page because I did slash on page. Core so this happens uh, all the time for lots of different websites. Uh, it can be like location-based stuff, um, but uh, it can just be like articles, like they're writing the same like type of topic over and over again. But you know, you kind of want to be a little organized and plan out the pages that you have and what you want them to rank for and how if someone landed to it, <clears throat> they'd be able to go to a different page and get some like related information to it, but it isn't the same topic, right? So it's really just about kind of like planning things out ahead of time and sort of figuring that out and maybe not writing the same like article over and over and over again. Or maybe if you do have like an older version of it, like maybe you wrote top 10 SEO tools two years ago, and then you wrote a new one this year, you could always redirect the old one to like the new one, just do some site cleanup, you know, cause you just Google won't know which one to like rank sometimes. So it's good just to not cannibalize your own, your own content. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of had this one in here, but the more I was kind of thinking of it now, is just how important it is and what you're saying about being organized, because it, especially in a massive website with multiple people working on it. And let's say they have freelance writers and they have like a agency or consultants that work with them. Like everyone has to be on the same page about what you're trying to achieve content wise. So everyone should has to have some sort of a sheet or database or however you organize your information, on the website and like what, what pages are doing what, it's because you don't want like someone coming in and be like, 
uh, not even checking to see if you have a page about, you know, X. It's like, we already have a blog about X, a page about X. You just wrote a page and you included it that has exactly the same meta title as this one. And yeah, you start to cannibalize your own content. Google and search engines are confused which one's supposed to be the main one on that topic. And it hurts your website when you, you go over and you just go down the same beaten path with the same content keywords. It's not going to, not going to be pretty for your website. Yeah, definitely. I think we, we kind of covered that. I mean, a, a good way to do it is just like um, search your own site first. Um, especially if it's like content related, um, like on a blog or whatever, like just, just look through, just search what, what keywords that you're trying to rank for or that don't rank well and see if you have multiple stuff on it. Um, you know, a lot of times like maybe they're like thin too, you know, you can combine those articles into like one larger one that'll rank really well. But yeah, you kind of have to like look through, through your own site at the different pages. And one quick way to do it too is like you use something like Xenu, um, and then it'll crawl like all your pages and then you can just search through the URLs by like the keyword that you're looking for. And, and maybe you'll, you'll find them like that way. Find all the related ones to it too. Are you sure that tool is not called Lord Xenu? I think it's still just Xenu. Um, it's a pretty cheap, free, kind of crappy, but it gets the job done. Created by a Scientologist, I think. Yeah, it uses yeah. Dianetics technology to find the duplicate content. I think it's like 14 years old now or something like that, which is pretty old for an SEO tool. Um, wow, still it's, hanging it's on a, it. It's not a very old practice, um, but uh, it's still out there. It still works. You can still use it. I'm not going to hold that against the guy. He gave us a free tool that works for us. Yeah. Cool. All right. So let's talk about number seven, which I have a lot of content written. So this is something that um, is near and dear to my heart. And that is content not passing plagiarism checks, right? So if you have a lot of writers, like I do, uh, you pay them money to write unique articles <laughs> and then you check it. Oh no, 90% of it was plagiarized from another article. So all they did was Google something and then copy and paste it and they tried to sell that to you. So definitely something you want to keep in mind. If that content is already indexed and already out there on a more authoritative website, then you're probably definitely not going to outrank it. So, um, you know, also you're getting ripped off. So things that you really want to be aware of uh, when you're having writers write your content. Yeah, I think that most of the time I experienced because I've been working with content writers for a long time, you know, probably in the hundreds at this point. I feel like most people don't really do it on purpose. They certainly do sometimes. They get comfortable. They think that you're comfortable and you're, you've been approving all their crap and they're going to like use more and more copy and pasted content. But some people like aren't the best at referencing other like websites or resources, especially ones that are more like factual and then rewriting it to the extent where it's unique. Um, some people just kind of fall in this trap by just not being aware that they're not rewriting it. Most Yeah, that, that can definitely can. happen for sure. And people just like subconsciously do it. Like they read something about it somewhere and they just, or they're lazy. You know, they're, writing, they're writing a lot of articles and they just happen to copy it. They don't think about it. Yeah. So yeah, be, be mindful of that. Um, Copyscape is a pretty good go-to um, and then I think sometimes it's good to just run like a, uh, an audit of your website every once in a while, because it's good to Definitely. see if all your content's unique and it's good to see if other people are lifting your content, which we talked about too, because if people are stealing your content, you're going to want to reach out to them and be like, Hey, who likes cease and desists? I don't. Yeah. Give them a nice, it, it would be nice to send out a cease and desist. <laughs> well, like, what's that like? Never know. Uh, not, not, not as satisfying as one would think. Oh. It's annoying. <laughs> well, we work with a lot of lawyers, so that kind of stuff is easy. All right. So let's let's talk about number eight, technical issues. 
Well, you know, uh, if your site is marked as no index, it's not going to rank well. <laughs> you didn't even know you were going to price go often. This is like an issue. That's it. <laughs> it can happen quite a bit. Um, I've, I've seen it more than once. And, and um, I can tell you firsthand how it happens is you have a developer that puts you on a staging site and it, sometimes it's a subdomain and they copy over a lot of stuff. And of course they no index it. And when it's good to go, it gets all its approval. They switch it over and they keep the no index going. Yeah. And they don't think about taking it off. And nope. then to get it removed, you have to like um, submit a request to their ticketing system. And then that goes through like their agile, like project management system. And then you probably have to go to like a meeting for it to get that approved before it gets uh, taken off. So, you Only know, it's agile. Fun. Yeah. Maybe scrum <laughs> would be faster. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's great. You know, scrum's just a really good way of like not doing anything. It's like, to <laughs> it's a lot of not, notes. <laughs> not get uh, work done. You know, it's just a good way to do that. That's cool. Um, but there's all kinds of technical issues that can happen um, for your site not ranking well. You could be like blowing through your crawl budget, which I think we'll talk a little about a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have a ton of like 404 errors. Um, you know, you can move stuff from like a subdomain to like a directory and like you didn't set up, like you didn't do stuff right. Or maybe you have canonical issues. You got like a bunch of different versions of like the page. Um, there's a million things that could like, cause you to have like duplicate content or a bunch of pages that aren't getting indexed or blocked. Um, you know, so like we could do an entire episode on just the technical. I think we have done an entire episode. It's, on just it's, the technical. Po- it's possible. I'm not, I'm not sure, but you know, thinking this, um, this, this one's a little loaded. Of course, now we're talking about that. There's a lot of reasons within one. Is there any uh, technical audit specifically like a tool that you're aware of that kind of addresses some of these more technical issues? Yeah, uh, there's a paid one called Deep Crawl um, that'll really tell you a lot of stuff about your site. Um, it's not the cheapest. Uh, you know, if you're a little more savvy in what you're doing or you want to do a little more legwork, you can always use Search Console for free um, to get some technical idea of like what's happening to, to your website. And then a lot of the other like keyword tracking tools will usually have some sort of audit tool um, included in the package. Like I know SEM Rush and Ahref, they all, they all have something. And even like the local keyword ranking tool I use like has like an auditor that, that does stuff. So we only got two more. Uh, Paul, we're almost approaching an hour. This is like uh, exhausting. It's a long one. This, long. <laughs> this is one that you mentioned prior to the podcast. And I was like, absolutely. This is a great one. Attempting to rank a page for just too many keywords. And, uh, and yeah, why don't you get, you get us started with that one? Well, this is interesting because you can see it in a lot of, a lot of areas, but one place that you see a lot for is like lo- on the local side. So like maybe you started out with one location and your website is like Orlando dry cleaner. And then you added a new location and then you're like, but it's in a different city. It's in Altamont. So you're like Orlando and Altamont dry cleaners, right? <laughs> so you're trying to rank one page for both of those. And it's just not really going to work. Cause like, you know, Google's like, well, these aren't in the same city. This doesn't make any sense. So you, you do see that like pretty regularly happen. Um, or, you know, like maybe the intent of the page doesn't match like what the searcher would do. You know, so like if it's, if it's like, a page where someone is just trying to purchase something, right? Like they're searching like keywords that are converting like price of something or whatever. Like maybe you don't want a whole like giant 1200 word article FAQ section on it, you know? Cause like, like maybe it, it might not work really well. It might decrease like the conversions that you have on it. You know, it might not just rank for like the main keyword that you even care for. So, you know, I like to sort of break things up 
like naturally like that as opposed to you know trying to stuff every keyword about a subject on one page uh, it's a great point because when you think about it let's say you have that home page that's Orlando dry cleaners and then winter park and then google's going on they're like well all these websites have pages already dedicated to just Orlando, all these pages dedicated to just Winter Park. Why am I going to put any emphasis or look at this one that's trying to do both at the same time when there's all these ones that are more specific and providing the right information about the specific ones? You have to like consider how you can attempt to rank for so many things when all these other pages are so dedicated. What would make yours special? Nothing, <laughs> basically. Yeah. It would be less special, uh, actually. So maybe just keep that in mind. <laughs> And then, then it can go the kind of the opposite way too for consideration. You also don't want to get too specific in some situations because there's just no reason to. So it could be, let's say you have a winter park page and then all of a sudden you're like, well, I do the dry cleaners for suits and dresses and jeans. You're not going to do like winter park jeans, dry cleaning, and then dress cleaning. It's like, that's something where you do put that kind of all on one page because that dedicated page is just too specific. And won't get yeah, I, I feel like if you can write a whole page about the content and it's not like fluff, then do it. You know, if, like, if you're talking about jeans for 500 words, you are the fluff master. You're the fluffer. Fluff. You <laughs> you're the fluffer. All right. All right. So, what do we got for number ten? This was uh, up for debate. It actually pushed back our recording about ten minutes, and I think that we uh, settled on one more on on page aspect, which is mobile friendly, because we can't stress enough. Oh, well, we talked about that. And then also like um, your crawl budget. So we want to be combined. We can combine them. <laughs> They're not exactly the same, but we'll combine them. We have, we're, you know, this was 10 A and B. They tied for 10th place. Now, tied for 10th. This isn't like ranking order of importance, yeah. but, but let's just talk about these two real quick. All right. I'll talk about the crawl budget, but you got to talk about. Oh, crap. I thought it was going to around. Well, you got to be mobile friendly. All right, Paul, your turn. <laughs> um, well, that was great, Ryan. Maybe we just delve a little bit more into that. Um, <laughs> it's not as much of an issue today as it was in the past because um, most themes that you buy are going to be dynamic, right? So depending on – it's going to be fine for whatever mobile device, tablet, whatever is, is out there. Um, but there are a lot of things like people that use um, – like Wix and stuff. I think there's like add-ons for it to be mobile friendly that you have to pay extra for. Um, there's just like stuff out there that can like really screw it up. So you just want to make sure there's separate algorithms. Like your rankings will generally always be better in desktop than what they're going to be like in mobile. But you just want to make sure your site is optimized for mobile. And I guess I can mention um, probably one thing besides just be mobile friendly is when going back to the core web vitals, anyone that had like a poor score when you're doing your Google site speed insights before, let's say your mobile was like a 30 or 40 out of a hundred now. Oh my God. It's like three or four out of a hundred, whatever is happening with core web vitals, whatever Google's looking for, for your mobile to be doing as far as like user experience is, is different. And a lot of people, it could be like their, their themes. It could be their CMS plugins. It could be a lot of reasons that score is complete trash. So mobile friendly just has kind of a, a new criteria for optimizing it well. And it's something that really you have to be looking forward to. If the, the update's in 2021, I guess you got six months. I think it's now. So, And then I'll talk, I guess, again, since I covered more about the mobile here, uh, about indexing issues. So if you have like a ton of pages, um, you have like foreign language versions of your pages 
you can have some issues uh, with your crawl rate. So like I deal with, with like a website that has a ton, ton of locations, you know, like almost a thousand locations. We worry about like if we're adding new locations, if those pages are actually getting crawled. I mean, we have a sitemap telling Google to like index the stuff, but you know, there's only so many pages on a site that Google's going to pay attention to at one time. So if you don't have like your canonicalization, you don't have things like set up correctly, it can be a long time before you get like a page actually crawled and have it like rank at all. Um, and if you just, you're doing things like that are automated, like maybe it's a directory or something like that. You don't have the time to go through by page, like page by page and like get those things indexed like manually. So you want to just make sure you're doing research and setting it up properly to begin with um, to maximize those crawl rates. And talking about being buried, if you don't want your links to be buried on someone else's website, certainly don't write a bunch of great content and bury it on your own website. You know, be observant if you're going to be writing, you know, a bunch of content, adding content that you think is going to have a, you know, good solid impact. You're excited about including it on your website and you're putting it like a tier six or seven for some reason, you know, you're burying your own crap. So, you know, you want to be mindful of that that affects you know, how true. it gets crawled, how it gets indexed and, and ultimately how, uh, you know, it ranks and, and gets the visitors you're looking for. So that wraps it up, Paul. That does it. I hope you enjoyed these 20 slash 21 <laughs> um, link building and content tips to help you rank better if you're ranking poorly. Check, check this out. The 20 tips on June 20th of 2020. 20, 20. <laughs> That's why I wanted to tips on tr- the 20th. <laughs> and, uh, I love it. Let's leave that in there for sure. Okay, yeah. And then um, next year will be 21. That's just how things work. 21 tips. Yeah, I love it. It's great. Well, I think that just about covers it. This is a long episode, so if you're still listening, thanks. We appreciate it. You really you're gonna get your children's gift card. Use promo code twenty twenty. <laughs> no, we don't have anything. We're not giving away anything. We're poor. Okay. Um, yeah, but I, I just want to say thanks uh, to everyone that's out there listening. You know, we appreciate all of our listeners. Uh, if you guys have any questions at all, feel free to email us at seozdeadandotherlies at gmail dot com. Um, you know, we talk to fans pretty regularly on there. Um, if you want to hear like a podcast about a particular subject or just have questions, we're happy to just like answer them. Um, we've met a lot of people, uh, that way. I think we've had some people on, um, that have just reached out to us to be on there. Um, and then, you know, be sure to like, share, subscribe, subscribe, like, share, or subscribe anywhere that you see, um, the podcast, but particularly on like iTunes, if you could like it, like it there. helps with the rankings oh we yeah just want the rankings i just want to be top 10 and then top five and then top 20 well i think we are top 10 on the podcast app like the itunes the apple podcast app i do hope so that's good but yeah we appreciate all you guys uh very much and uh i'm paul warren and i'm ryan klein and this has been another episode of seo's dad and other lives goodbye adios farewell bye